Amen? Awesome tonight. You know, there's something, there's something about there's something about the presence of God that when the presence of the Lord manifests at, at different times in different ways, God's presence is with us. But when that presence manifests and, and you know it, it it's, it's not a song. The presence of God is not a song, but the presence of God can flow through a song. It can flow through a message. It can throw, flow through just ministry to somebody. You can be somewhere praying for somebody, and all of a sudden the presence of the, the Lord is just there. It's there for a reason. It's, the presence of the Lord is in us. It's on us. It surrounds us. It's everywhere that you go the presence of the Lord is. And we just have to be sensitive to the presence of the Lord. And you can't overdo receiving the presence of the Lord. You can't overdo that. Um, sometimes what happens is, because we live in flesh and blood bodies, sometimes the presence of the Lord will come on people and sometimes it, it goes beyond and actually into the flesh. And it kind of, it, it, the flesh can ruin the presence of the Lord. God wants the presence of the Lord to be pure and just be what it is and then let it just continue. I mean, the presence during that song tonight, that last song, the presence of the Lord was strong, but it's still as strong as I'm just talking. It, it doesn't just like go away because the song stopped. See, what happens with that is that if that's the only place a person feels it because, because of the, the medley of a song then you have to have music for the presence of the Lord, but that's not what the Bible says. The presence of the Lord is because of the person of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. But it manifests in different ways. I'm going to share with you tonight, I'm, I'm continuing in, in my series on No More Fear. <clears throat> I started this series on a Wednesday night, April the 10th. And uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. Amen. And, and don't just take this as another series because it's not. Um, it's vital that we understand this at every level of our life. And if you, if you take what you're hearing and you do something with it, God will give you greater understanding than was even preached because the, the reason the understanding will become so great is because you'll get something from him that relates to you. See, I, I, I'm teaching and preaching the word here, but the true teacher, the Holy Spirit, takes what I preach, and if you let him, he'll reveal things to you that human, uh, no human being can reveal to you. That's how everybody can get something from this tonight, because we have the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? So look at, um, 
one of our foundational scriptures in, in this series in <clears throat> Psalm 34. And, and I want to, I'm, I'm going to take some time in a couple of things that we've talked about in these last few weeks concerning this, because I, I want to, I don't want to rush past this. I, I, don't, I don't even know how long we're going to be on this, but we're just going to stay on it because God wants this preached. He wants this ministered. It's vital. It, it, it has to do with your success in life, that you live a life with no fear. Everybody say, no fear. I'm not talking about a little bit or just, just almost. Forget the almost. We want no fear. Amen? No fear. So in, uh, no, that's, oh, sorry. So in Psalm 34 and verse 1, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Um, David sought the Lord. <clears throat> how, do you, how do you seek the Lord? How do you go after the Lord? He sought the Lord and the Lord heard him. If I'm, if I'm going before the Lord, and God told us in his word multiple times to put him in remembrance of the promises of his word because it's good for you. You're not reminding God of something in his word because he forgot. He said, put me in remembrance because that's good for you because it positions you constantly seeking and pursuing me. Because to know God is to love God and to seek God and to get the results that God wants. God wants you receiving more than you want. You might think, I don't know how, if that's possible. I promise you it is. But you can't receive from God except God's way. David said, I sought the Lord. So how would I seek the Lord? Let's say I'm coming before God maybe about a financial situation. Is God concerned about your finances or your, 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 your situation in life? Yeah. Yeah, because we live in this earth. Father, I thank you today that this need I have, I thank you that in the name of Jesus, your word says that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm struggling in this area right here. God already knows, but he said put him in remembrance of his promise based on what it is that you're after because the devil's after, and that's what fear is all about, the devil's after getting you convinced that what you see and what you feel and the way things appear to be are more real than what God has promised. I've said that many times. I'll continue to say it because we have to get it. Because there's something about this verse of Scripture that just hit me in the last couple of days that I want you to get right now when I say this. 
So if you, if you verbalize something like I just said, that you're going before God and thanking him for it, you get through verbalizing that and your mind wants to run directly to what you don't have. You go back to the Lord, Father, Lord, Lord, these thoughts keep bombarding me. These people are coming after me or something. You know, somebody's wanting something from me or I haven't paid this or my rent is late or my house payment or this thing or that, whatever it would be in the natural. But God, you said that you would meet all my need according to your riches and glory. So you do that and then you come to me and you say, well, you know, Pastor, I tried that for a couple weeks and there's nothing changed. The problem is you're not believing that God heard you. You're not believing that God really heard what you said because David sought the Lord, he believed God heard him, and God delivered him of all the fear. What's keeping people from receiving from God is fear. Unadulterated fear. Fear of so many different things in life, but fear is keeping people from receiving the things that they want. Just step back for a moment in your mind. Everybody close your eyes and think of something that you're believing God for. Okay? You're believing God for something that you've not received. Well, Pastor, I don't think fear is involved. I promise you it's involved. At one level or another, fear is involved. And you know how you decide whether fear is involved? Based on what you say on a daily basis. If you're pursuing God and you're acknowledging, yeah, Lord, this situation hasn't changed, but I'm standing on your word and I will not back off. uh, An hour later, you do the same thing. Two hours later, you do the same thing. The next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, and one day, One day, all of a sudden, you just know that you know that you know God heard you, and it's like, you know what? This circumstance hasn't changed, but it doesn't move me. It doesn't move me. Why? Because in the midst, notice, it didn't say David sought the Lord. He went and tried to work this situation out and that situation out and this one out and this one out and finally God heard him, you know, after, after yelling and screaming and crying and bawling and doing all these things, God finally heard him and delivered him of all of his fears. No, that's the problem. You can't get delivered of fear when you're trying to make it happen. What delivers you of fear? Seeking God, knowing God, knowing God through his word going to God with his word, reminding him of his promises so that you hear yourself say the way God sees you. Let me me just ask you this. There's a verse of scripture. I want to read this. And then I want to show you something. This is what this says. 1 Timothy 6 and 17. You can just write it down, but but I just want you to hear one word in here. Command those who are rich in this present age 
not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. When I, when I was first born again and for the first few years, when I, I, I mean, I, I read this passage a lot. And when I read that, command those who are rich, I thought of someone like Bill Gates. Bill Gates rich? But the longer I read this and the longer I studied this, what God was saying was, how do you see yourself? Jesus left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of the earth that you might be rich in all things. Is that a verse of scripture? So I didn't make that up. God created us to be rich in all things. The word rich means to have, a, it, 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 it's, a, it's a mind, it's a mind word. Rich is based on how you see yourself, how you think. And if you see yourself rich, if you see yourself in this passage right here, and you begin to see and talk about that to yourself because God called you that way, then what will happen is, over time, you'll be in a position for God to be able to trust you to be rich. First, your thinking has to change. Opportunities are not going to come our way when our thinking is in fear and we're afraid to prosper, we're afraid to advance, we're afraid for good things to come our way. Well, you know, I mean, if, if, some, if, if some massive manifestation came into my hand, what would people think? What's that? Fear. So when you're rooted in fear where finances are concerned, God can't get to you the things he wants to get to you. God, God's healing anointing, healing power that he's already done, Jesus already healed us. That healing anointing will not come when you're just waiting for God to heal you. God already healed us. We have to understand it, we have to process that, and we have to learn to live in that. David sought the Lord, and he believed that God heard him, and delivered him of all fear. And when you read the rest of the passage, and so much more about David's life is, when David got delivered of fear, God was able to use him and trust him. Did David make mistakes? Absolutely. But I believe because of what he said right here, I believe that because David knew him, even in his mistakes, he, God was able to deliver him because God knew him. I'm telling you today, God is not shocked by your mistakes. God is not shocked by your mistake. But I'll just tell you this. He doesn't want you to be a repeat offender. God wants you to get over it and get free and get delivered so that you can come into a place where you are receiving from him all the time. You realize there is nothing to fear in life. Nothing. There's not one thing. Every single time you give in to fear... You're giving in to something else that the devil wants you to be hoping for. Right. 
Now, I'm going to show you something here. <clears throat> In Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Everybody say hoped for. If you have something, then it's not something that's coming. You have it. So there's no hope in something you have, right? Today, what God wants is everything in your life that has not come to pass, that you want to come to pass, he wants you hoping for that in faith. Because faith is the substance. It's like you have the thing that you're hoping for, the evidence of the thing not yet seen. Now, in one of our, in one of our messages, we talked about that fear has to do with separation. If you're, if you're afraid of heights, what are you afraid of? You're, you're afraid of falling, and depending on how high up you are, you're afraid of dying, right? You're afraid of separating from life. If, 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 you're, if you're afraid, I mean, it's, it's the same thing in, in an airplane. If, you're a, if you won't fly in an airplane because you're afraid it's going to crash, what are you really afraid of? Separation of life. Fear has to do with separation but you have to work that out in your soul because you may not be afraid of heights. You may not be afraid to fly in an airplane. But you can be afraid of other things that, wants to, that, want, things that want to separate you. And you're afraid something isn't going to work out so there's no hope. Now listen, a lot of people today are at a point of death by suicide. And I'll just tell you why somebody would commit suicide. Someone would want to commit suicide because they think that's the only form of relief in life. Actually, they've been hoping for something, but, in the wrong, but, but for the wrong thing in the wrong direction. Because faith and, hope, faith and fear operate, they're, they're reciprocals, but they operate according to the same principles. The thing that you most greatly faith is going to come, the thing you most greatly fear is going to come. So actually, actually what, what the enemy does, when we don't realize how important that the Word of God is, and how vital that you are reminding yourself daily of the promises of God through what you're saying, what you're expecting, what you're hoping for in the things that you're believing God for. I mean, in the natural sometimes, you could just go fix something when sometimes what God wants is you just to believe it to come to pass. And the more, the way you believe for something to come to pass is to seek the Lord, to go after the Lord, reminding Him of the promises so that they overcome the negative things in the natural that are trying to tell you, well, God really can't do that. You're going to have to make that happen yourself. Everybody in the Bible that tried to help God out, it just prolonged their destinies. 
It prolonged the manifestation. Abraham tried to help God out. It prolonged the birth of the blood son who was the son of promise. It prolonged all that for many, many, many years because he tried to help God out. Every time you and I try to help God out by doing it and allowing fear to control and having actually a hope of natural fearful things coming to pass, it hinders us from believing in what God wants to come to pass in your life. It's just the way it works. It doesn't work any other way. I've, I've pursued other avenues in my walk and my growing up in the things of God, and it just doesn't work any other way. My soul has to be free from fear in whatever I'm believing God for, or the fear will talk me out of it. If I give fear an inch, it'll take a mile. I mean, it will run roughshod over my soul. See, if, if you believe that God is in control of everything in your life, if you believe that, you'll miss it. Because God said, we're in control of what he set up for our life. Death and life are in the power of what I say. Death and life is not in the power of God. People think, many times, people are taken out prematurely in life and, they, and, and people say it was an act of God. Why? Because they don't know him. God wouldn't take someone out. God doesn't take people. He doesn't take little babies. He doesn't take this thing or that thing. God doesn't take anything. He's the giver of life. Things happen. Amen? There's sometimes things happen that we don't understand. But I promise you, God is not the taker of anything. He's the giver of life. All I'm doing is just telling you what the Word says. And to be on the receiving end of what God has for me, I have to be in faith. Because, because, the power of the soul, of the mind, and its ability to talk us out of things has to be straightened out. So that my soul and my spirit are running parallel with each other. I mean, they're moving the same. Because my soul and my spirit are not the same thing. My soul is my mind, will, and emotions. My spirit man is one with the Holy Spirit. But they've got to learn to run this way so that, so listen, the, the Holy Spirit will not battle with your soul. You give in to your soul and your unrenewed mind and you want to stay that way, the Holy Spirit will not make you get a renewed mind. You have to choose. And because you and I have to choose on a day-to-day basis, that's why we have to develop a routine in our life where we are believing that what we are saying is going to come to pass. I'm telling you, one day, it just becomes revelation. In the 40-plus years that I've been saved, I can't tell you how many times there was just a day. My wife can because I, I can tell you, she can tell you the times with me, I can tell you the times with her that there was just a day and I knew it. We were believing God for something. I went to her. I said, you know what? This is done. It's done. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But it's done because I've already got it. Faith is the substance of that thing that you're hoping for even though you don't see it yet. And the time period that is from what you're hoping for and developing that substance to seeing the real manifestation during that time period is when fear exits. If... You stay on the word, 
You continue to remind yourself in the promises of God and give the devil no opening. No opening. We read that verse last week. Look at it real quick. Ephesians 4 and, what is it, 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. The, um, what was it? I don't know which one. <laughs> Going through figuring out which one it was. Anyway, w- one translation said, don't give the devil an opening. Three translations I just looked at said, don't give him a foothold. You know, somebody tries to shut a door and you stick a foot in there, don't let his foot get in there. Shut it completely. Give him no place. Amen? Amen? When I give the devil no place, or the way that I give the devil no place, is not letting thoughts of fear hang around. Listen, I mean, walking by faith becomes a second full-time job. How many can say that there's days when you're really tired just from the work and the things that you do in the natural world? Some of you sitting in here tonight at, you know... 7.30, 7.40, uh, you know, you're tired. You've had a long day, right? But you're here for a reason and a purpose, and you have to continue to be here, and you have to continue to take what you hear and do something with it because you have to realize life is not about a cakewalk. It's not about getting born again, getting a few scriptures and getting a few under, little bit of understanding and then live your life remembering when you used to study the Bible. Yeah, I remember that 10 years ago. We, we used to do that. <laughs> that's the, that's, those are the people the devil are looking for. And he's working overtime to convince you that's the way you need to live your life. You know, I just don't have time for that. Things that, you know, man, since I've been out of church for a while, things have gotten so much easier. And, man, I'm just not under the pressure of it and all that kind of stuff and the pressure. Yeah, and he's just setting you up to take you out. Why? Because a wordless person becomes a fearful person. You, you just thought you had it difficult because of what you were walking through. I'm telling you, you get away from the word and you got troubles. I'm telling you tonight, you have the ability to live a, a fear-free life. No fear. Absolutely no fear. Can you say amen to that? So... <clears throat> So, we talk a lot about this, and I heard somebody say this the other day, and uh, I want to just paint this picture of you about, for you about everything that you need in life is in the seed of the word itself. Your ability to be free from fear, you might... 
hear some of the things that I've said tonight, if it's the first time you've heard it, you may, you may hear some of that and thinking, man, I got to really, really, really work at this. It's, it's not how hard we work at it. It's how convinced we become of it. So, yeah, I have to work at it, but it's not my labor that's going to produce it. It's my believing that's going to produce it. So, when, when, when I say this to you right now, when I, when I show you this, these two passages of Scripture, I mean, some of you, it's going to explode on the inside of you. But you've got to do something with it. See, that's our part. It's not how much we have to do. It's that we have to do till we believe. Till we really believe that God heard us when we said this. Now, watch, I'm going to show you something. And I, want you, I, want you to, I really want you to grab this tonight. Everybody say, I'm grabbing this. Okay. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich. The blessing of the Lord. I was just sharing this with Brian today at lunch. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Well, I've made that verse of Scripture personal for me. The blessing of the Lord makes me rich. What makes me rich? The blessing. Okay? So, you know, I need to know what the blessing is. Well, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And he said, Prove me that I'll not open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessing, everybody say blessing, Blessing. the blessing, that there's not room enough to receive. See, a lot of times people hear that passage of Scripture, and they're just looking for stuff to come to them. No, he's talking about the blessing. Not talking about blessings. I mean, the blessings come from the blessing, but he's talking about the blessing. Now, wait a minute. The blessing of the Lord makes me rich. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse and do what? Bring the tithe in and exchange for the blessing that makes me rich. Now see, you say, what are you talking about that for? Because fear tells us, fear tells people not to tithe. And a lot of other things tell people not to tithe. Well, The thing about the tithe is, is that it belongs to God. See, God's looking for a responsibility in people's lives to honor him with what he says is his. I didn't say it's his. He said it is. And how do you do that? You bring it into the storehouse where you're fed. That, I mean... I mean, you can try to make that into all other kinds of stuff, but that's just what it is. Wherever you're fed, bring the tithe, exchange it for the blessing, and the blessing makes you rich. Listen, what makes you rich is not how smart you are and all the things you do. What makes you rich is the blessing. See, because what does the blessing do? It empowers you to prosper. 
But see, I got the cart before the horse if I'm trying to prosper and I don't believe in the blessing and fear's trying to tell me, well, you know, you know, I don't really need to tithe. I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this. You, you don't hear this kind of, you don't hear me talk about the tithe and money from this direction. You just don't hear me because it's not about money. See, the tithe is, the tithe to this present day, it's not about money. It's, it's empowering a person not to be ruled by money. That's what the tithe does. It liberates a person from being under the control of money. So when I take 10% of what I have because the tithe is a tenth, and I honor God with the tenth, what I'm doing is, what, and, and you have to do it, and you've got to put words every time that you tithe. My wife and I, we, we take our tithe every time before we do anything with it. We may pray in here, but we pray somewhere else first. And what we acknowledge and thank God for, and the reason we do it, is we need to hear ourselves say it. We need to remind ourselves that we're exchanging, we're honoring God in this small part of what comes into our hands, we're honoring him with the tithe for the exchange of the blessing that makes us rich. So, I just remind myself every day, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. If I'm brushing my teeth, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. What do you want to be? Poor? Not me. I, I mean, I would never admit I would want to be poor, but there were times when I didn't see myself as that person in 1 Timothy 6 17. It's other people. No, that's me. Instruct those who are rich to do it this way. You know what? I've already gotten the instruction. I just got to stay with it because I'm rich and I'm here to distribute. Be, he said, be ready to distribute, ready to be a blessing. We were created to be blessed, to be rich, to be a blessing to other people and not just giving people stuff, helping them, but helping them to understand you honor God in the tithe, you exchange the tithe for the blessing and it makes you rich. And when somebody believes that and there's no fear, it happens. Otherwise, you know, when I was a kid, we used to fold paper up and make little airplanes and, or, or little footballs. Anybody ever do that? That was just me. Anyway, we used to make little footballs. I mean, if you don't believe that, then you ought to do that with your tithe envelope. Just kind of pluck it in. I'm saying tithe and when there's fear and there's things there, just keep declaring it. Keep declaring it. One day, you're going to hear it. You're going to believe it. You're going to know it's right. See? One day, you're going to know God heard you, and it's just like, wow, this peace. I just know it. Until that time, if you're just doing it out of fear that God's not going to, that he's going to be mad at you. No, God's not mad at you for anything. No matter what we do. He's not mad at us. But his blessing can't flow when we're not living daily, reminding ourselves of the greatness of his promises and letting fear know it has no place in us. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but what has he given you? Power, love, and he's given you the spirit of a sound and a well-balanced mind. 
I can think the thoughts of God and I don't have to tolerate fear. Some people just think there's no way I can get rid of fear. I've been fearing all my life. I've been afraid of this. I've been afraid of that. I've been afraid of this thing and that thing. I'm telling you, God will show you daily the things that you're afraid of. And even if you're not afraid of heights or things that are just kind of blatant and in your face, but you're afraid of other things and, and they're covered up and they're kind of, they're kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? They're kind of, uh... <laughs> anyway, they're, they're covered up, you know, they're, they're, what's the word I'm thinking of? Yeah, nah, or something, anyway, but, but, but they're hidden. When I get up here and I start talking and I, and a word goes right past my, yeah, kind of. Anyway, it's, it, it was a great word, but anyway, it'll come back. While we're eating ice cream later, it'll come to me. I'm sure it will. Um, but <laughs> where was I going? Anyway, so you, you got my point about the blessing of the Lord, Right? And we have to do that with the promises of God. I don't care what it is. We have to do that and release it and let it know that fear is not going to control and I am going to walk in the blessing. Like where that promise is concerned right there. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich. Because the blessing of the Lord will show you everything to do, how to do it, when to do it, and it will come to pass. I promise you, if there's things that you haven't seen come to pass, there's some fear involved, but whatever. Who, had, who doesn't have to deal with fear? Everybody has to deal with it. So it doesn't matter. Let's just, be, let's just admit it. Let's see it so we can get rid of it and put the promise on it. That's what gets rid of it. You find the promise for whatever it is you're afraid of isn't going to come to pass. I mean, you got what you have to say. Amen to that? So I want to end with this tonight and just tell you this. Look at Matthew 28, and I'll end with this. Matthew 28 and verse 18. This is the last thing that Jesus said before he left the earth. It was the last thing he said. He said this to his disciples. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. How? In his authority. So he told us to go and do what? Make disciples. Make disciples of what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing or immersing them in the revelation of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He wasn't talking about water baptism here. He's talking about immersing people through through discipleship in who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded them. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. said, lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Then look at, I'm coming back to that in just a second, but look at Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. 
In other words, what he said with that question is, if you don't fear, man can't do a thing to you. People can't do anything to you. No circumstance can do anything to you. So back to the Matthew scripture. I want to end this with saying to you this. The vision of gates of the city, the vision of this church, is found right here. The vision of gates of the city is found in you and I understanding the authority that Jesus has and that he came here to give us that authority and for us to go into all the world in every way. Everybody sitting in here today lives in a different world. We all come here. We're here tonight. If you come here on Sunday, you know, four hours a week, we see ourselves here. We have different connect groups and other things that go on, but for the most part, four hours a week. The rest of your time is spent in another world. And most of us, some of us do things together, work in the same places or whatever, but most of us were in different worlds. And he said, go. With what? With the authority, with the revelation, with the things that you're getting here. God wants you to receive what's being said tonight. He wants you to receive every time something is preached and do something with it so that when you go, you're, go, you're going in a greater ability and power to disciple people in your world. Sometimes the best, thing, the best ways to disciple people, first and foremost, people just need to feel accepted. They need to just feel like somebody cares about them. Sometimes they just need somebody to smile at them or say, hey, have a great day. I mean, it's not, just, it's not about preaching to people all the time. It's about just loving people is what it is. But he said, go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations, immersing them in who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are. Separating those things. That's what we do here in, in, in our teaching all the time. A lot of people just think that the Father, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, the Word, are all, all the same. They're one, but they're three different ones. Everything that we teach and preach separates those relationships so that the one can be that much more effective. And that's what we want to do. And God wants you to understand that so when you go, you can make disciples of the people that you're around. That's what we're about. It's not about, you know, just bringing people inside the building so that pastor can preach to them and and then they they can go their way. No, they got to have people that believe this stuff. Because people's lives have to be discipled. And, and one person can't disciple everybody. Disciples make disciples. And the vision of this church is to go and make disciples and immerse people in the revelation of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then to know, as it said in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. That's what we talked about tonight continually reminding yourself and helping other people to, to, re, to remind themselves of the promises of God because there's so many things in the natural trying to convince you that the promises don't work. And you know what? Most people don't see the Bible as a book of promises. Most people don't. And you need to see it that way so you can help other people see it that way so it's not this difficult book that it's, why would I want to read that? You want to read it because it's life. And in there are the keys to how you can live a liberated life here on earth. So that you don't think that the only way to get relief in life is to take your own life. A lot of people think that. And you know what? If they don't think that, the devils convince them of the things that they see and the fear that they operate in. He's convinced them they'll never get past the fear. 
that they can never get past it. Because the only way you can is not by how many books you read. It's what you do with the word. Because if you're declaring the word and reminding God of the word, then the seed of the word is being implanted in you and it's growing and it's developing. And the seed of the word houses everything you need to be free from fear and delivered and growing in faith and be on the receiving end of all God has for you. And the last thing that he said, and that's, part, that's such a strong part <clears throat> of the vision of this church, is that, lo, I'm with you always. And like he said in Hebrews 13, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth. And when you know that, there's nothing man can do to you. Fear will not grip your heart in life. And when you know that, and it's, and it's, and it's strong on the inside of you, then, then nothing that happens in life can overtake you. Man, if that's really true, and I don't have to be afraid of one thing, and if I'm not afraid, then I'm in faith. Because <laughs> the only thing that's going to deliver you of fear is faith and trust in God. I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fear.